like we have the, the the planner fee, which I think is uh, money well spent for sure. You'd spend that just doing it yourself in, in uh, time, time and holding costs. Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larby. Welcome back. It's Sarah Larby. You are listening to Where Should I Invest? And I've got two great guests today. We have Paula McFarlane and Jake Taylor, who are real estate investors and developers. And we also talk about some insights on developing, land severing, and a lot of really other cool topics. Both Jake and Paula were paramedics and left their nine to five jobs to pursue this full time. They were able to replace their incomes using active flips and land severance and new build projects and a lot of really awesome, awesome things that they've been able to do. So I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Don't forget to leave a rating and review and reach out to Paula and Jake as well. If you wanted to know more, their website is tartandevelopments.com and they've got a great Instagram account as well with uh, lots of progress pictures and lots of you know different things that they're doing from a real estate standpoint. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast and we'll see you very, very shortly. Paula, Jake, welcome. How are you? Good. Yeah, how are you? Good. I'm excited to have you on. I think we've connected many times over Instagram. We share a lot of the same views uh, and you guys are real estate investors as well. That's awesome. Welcome. Yeah, thanks. thanks for having thank, us. Yeah, thank you. Excited. Good. So why don't you share a little bit of your background and, and you know, what current strategy you're doing, but uh, also how you got started in real estate. Who wants to start? Uh, okay, start. I'll start. Yeah. 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 Okay. So Jake and I were both paramedics. We actually met in high school, but then ended up working together later on. She's going way back. Yeah. Way we got to yeah. catch everyone up. Right. Yeah. So yeah, we worked as paramedics and like would do kind of like live in flips, not intentionally, but we would buy a crappy house, fix it up. And then a few months later, be like, well, you know, like, let's do it again. So we did that a few times. Like our kids have moved a lot. And then both of us just wanted out of our job. So we kind of turned to real estate and I left in 2018 and Jake just left like two months ago. So congrats um, oh, yeah. the dark side or the yeah, yeah, better side. It, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, it is been, better. So much it's, better. Been, uh, it's been good so far. Good. Um, yeah. We kind of like both needed out of our jobs. It was, it was uh, physically and mentally exhausting. Um, and we both had an interest in real estate and, yeah, that we, we made a decision, I think it was end of 2019, that, that this was the plan, this is what we're going to do. And uh, from then, it's been, it's been good. I'm just, yeah, uh, our plan has evolved a lot. Um, I think we're just like continually growing and like trying to push ourselves to do more, not more things, but like different things and bigger things. So um, it's been pretty exciting. Yeah, so, so we started, uh, started off, you know, we, we had to replace our incomes. Um, so that was kind of our our goal at the, at the start was to replace the income. So we started out uh, doing flips, um, kind of accumulated a couple of properties for ourselves along the way. And I think our business now, we're kind of going towards um, new construction homes and smaller development. That's kind of where we see our, our business in the next year. We still have a bunch of uh, flips and renovations on the go. And then we have uh, three new construction homes scheduled for uh, 2022. So that's kind of where we see things, things going. Still do like, I think we'll still do uh, like the, uh, the odd flip, I think. But uh, I think our interests lie in new construction and, and small scale development. 
Okay. That's cool. And and when you say that you're, you're finding your own piece of land, you're building yourself, you're not just buying off of like a mad at me or something along those lines. No. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, we, we have a couple, couple of projects now that we're, that we're working on severances too. So um, that's definitely something we, we look for, whether it be a double lot or something like that, that we can, we can come in and sever it. So we typically flip the house, sever the lot. We haven't actually built on the lot yet. We always have the intent to build, but um the market has been going crazy so we can yeah the land, the, the land value building. sometime is is uh, just almost as close as you would get by building on it so yeah i mean one of the things that i found myself doing in the last two years was having to pivot because a there were not as many deals as before and then sure. everyone was fighting over the same things and so like like you guys i had to find different uh, way to, to keep scaling and buying land and building. It was kind of my thing as well. So it's cool to see nice. that you guys are doing it, doing that before we, we really get into that piece. I I'm just curious because a lot of people ask me, like you obviously left your jobs and you know, that was a huge step and, and you left jobs that were like, that was a career, right? Like that was, you know, it's not, it's not like you're making 20 bucks an hour here. you like, you were, you were doing well and uh, it's a big job to leave. What was it specifically though that allowed you to leave? Was it the flipping income? Was it the equity buildup? Was it the cash flow? Like what was it really that you're like, you know, or maybe it was a system and knowing that you can get out of work and, and not have to spend all that time, you could do more. Like what was it that 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 one piece that said like that was, I don't know, maybe the 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 piece that could propel you a lot further? Yeah, for us it it wasn't uh it wasn't cash flow. Um, it was strictly our, our active business. So from like, maybe not at the start, but, but early on, we set out to, to, you know, we didn't want to just flip houses or whatever. We, we set out to, to create a strong business. And uh, I think we've done that. And, and as we grew, I think over, you know, a year and a half, um, we had things in place that um, the business was strong enough that I felt comfortable leaving the job. So yeah. it was definitely the active income. Um, which now comes from, from the, the flips and, and then the new construction as well. So very cool. And where is it that you guys are doing the majority of these deals? So we're majority in London where we live. Um, we're also, we have a, done a project in Sarnia, which is like an hour West of, of London. Um, and then we, our new construction is actually, uh, the three are in Stratford, which is like 40 minutes north of, of London. So, but majority of our stuff's in London. Yeah. Or just a little bit outside. We have a little development in Strathroy as well. We find London for development really challenging. Like even the simple process, like a severance that should be like a slam dunk and a lot of other places takes a little bit more time and a little bit more effort in London. So we're starting to really look outside of London just to speed things up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's definitely very different once you go to, you know, flipping the, the typical properties or even just doing some, some smaller burrs to buying land and severing and, and building, you know, for, for many investors, I'm sure that's, you know, the next route that they want to go and, and try. What are some of the, the things that maybe the best insights that you can share that you've learned along the way, making that leap? Uh, like moving into development, I think one of the biggest, um, biggest things we learned was we hired a planner. So we did the first, the first development we did, we just kind of did it on our own. And it took like, I don't even know, well, like 14 months maybe. We did get like, we did get kind of caught in like the co- the beginning of the COVID mess. Um, it did take longer than it should have, but it also we got held up by that. So I think it was actually 16 months total. Okay. But anyways, yeah. So having a planner in place. Uh, so basically um, we have a planner that we use and he takes care of pretty much everything. So it's pretty much hands off. We kind of just uh, tell them what our plan is. 
he puts things in place and and presents to the city and is far more knowledgeable than us on on all that stuff so yeah i would say that's the biggest thing and and realistically for us it was totally by accident our very first flip that we didn't live in was also a land severance so like we tackled this like from the beginning which looking back we're lucky like we're really lucky that the market went the way it did because it took us 16 months to complete like we had the flip it was done and literally just sitting there because we couldn't sell it because we couldn't yeah. get the severance completed. I remember there was uh, a lot of things with that yeah. too. It was out in the country, which was like another like we we just didn't know enough, and so we kind of jumped in with like yeah. There know. was some some uh, <laughs> it, you know what it turned out profitable, but there was some like we didn't know what we know now, right? So we didn't have like private loans in place. I don't know how we were funding all this stuff. We Anyways, funded it like regular. We funded the house like money. a regular Scotia mortgage. Yeah. Like in our own and, names and then funded it with just like our own money and like lens credit. And like, it's a, this is a bad story, but like, <laughs> I remember like towards awesome. the end, it was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty tough. Tight. I remember like paying like the mortgage with like a credit card, just put it that way. Yeah. So. And I was on maternity leave. So, cause we took possession of this two days after our fourth was born. So like wow. I was, I was on straight EI. Like we had, like, it was already tight. It was tough. Yeah. <laughs> so, turned out profitable. Yeah. But it was, it was, it was, uh, it was stressful. Uh, learned a lot. I think, I think with that one, we, we learned a ton. We um, learned a ton. Yeah. We learned like, I think it, it, like you learn from everyone. Right. So like, we're obviously still learning too now, but yeah, we learned a lot from that one. And, uh, I do like the, the severance though strategy. I do like that. It's definitely something we'll, we'll continue to do, but now with a planner. So it's kind of all, all in their hands. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey everyone, I just wanted to pause and share with you a financing tip that helped me scale my portfolio and can also help you as well. By working with Streetwise Mortgages, I took a strategic goals-based versus a transactional approach to financing and they've helped me develop a financing roadmap that aligned with my goals and gave me some crystal clear clarity on where the money will come from to grow, how to maximize my borrowing power, how to structure future deals and avoid some costly mistakes, saving me thousands along the way. The financing roadmap is complimentary for every client who works with Streetwise and also very recently, they've offered an additional summary report of the best to invest 18 Ontario markets and also a comprehensive deep dive research into a market of your choice out of those 18. I highly recommend that you take them up on that offer. If you're looking to grow your portfolio, to book a planning session and develop your financing roadmap, email info at streetwisemortgages.com. That is info at streetwisemortgages.com. Thanks for listening. And now back to the show. And now back to the show. I mean, it's all about working on the business and not in the business. So it sounds like a BCIN designer that would do like a typical conversion. This is like that next level. And so it's the, the planner that's essentially going to the city, going back and forth, getting approvals. Yep. Uh, and how much does a planner on average cost you to I hire? I'm just curious. Like for, for a basic severance, like just the planner's fees is around I think like five, seven, five to seven K. Yeah. Then you'll have your, your cost of survey and stuff, and stuff like that on yeah. top of that. But yeah, around seven grand. Well, let's, let's talk about the other costs. Cause I think that's important. Cause it's, it's not the same as just buying a house and figuring out what the rentals are going to be and, and that kind of stuff. Like there's, there's fees, right? There's development fees. There's other things. Can you share maybe some of the fees that you've encountered, encountered through some of your yeah, projects? For sure. So like we have the, the, the planner fee, which I think is uh money well spent for sure. Um, you'd spend that just doing it yourself in, in uh, time, time and holding costs. Uh, yeah, you'll have 
survey, survey costs. Survey. There'll be sometimes there's other things like we had to do a um, like if you have to like test the soil. Um, one thing we ran into was like depths of this is something else we learned was like depth of. So I was like, oh, there's existing services, sewer, water, but the sewer was actually like not that deep in the ground. So it's another thing to check out, uh, have that surveyed. Um, what other costs are involved there, Paul? Well, it depends too if they if the municipality comes back with conditions. So our very first one, we had 14 conditions. Um, and one included, it was in the country, it included putting in a well before you get the severance because they want to make sure that that lot, lot has, you know, clean drinking water. That was the biggest one because that was like $22,000 or something. And like there was a whole bunch of other things like stormwater, stormwater management. management. Yeah. So like a, there's a bunch of engineering costs uh, that go along with the survey. I would um, say like probably another 5000 Yeah. So like we so all try to budget like between twenty and 30000 for a, like a pretty standard severance. Yeah. Which doesn't include it, include servicing the lot. That would be an extra like, probably twenty five to, to 30 depending. Depending on how far the services yeah. are or what yeah. side of the road that's they're if they're, on. That's or... if they're relatively close, yeah. yeah. And you were talking about even the wall. I mean, that's probably a wall that you're just drilling, what, 30 feet down. But if you've got to start that's drilling it. 100 feet yeah. down. Um, it was 136 You actually feet. just reminded me of that story. Oh, reminded me of something. Wow. So, yeah, we had to put the well on the new property. And then the well on the existing property was messed up. So we had to do two, two. new wells. So, yeah. They, that's it, that's expensive very quickly. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened too. And then like the septic was we also had to too. fix the yeah. septic. It was not. It was like uh, you know what? Like obviously, it was there were a lot of hurdles. We kept going more yeah. out of necessity than anything. Yeah, so we had to. Um, but it gave us this like confidence, I guess. The, okay, that was hard, but you know we did it. So what else, like, what else can we do? Yeah, so. the profit was in the land on that one, not in the house. So it was just a matter of like getting the house, like ready to resell and then waiting for that severance. But uh, yeah, it was, that was a tough one. And so did you sell the lots as well next to the house? Yeah. yeah, we ended up selling both. We were initially planning on building, but at the end of it, we were just like, let's just sell it. Yeah, we had, had so, enough. So. Yeah. And it was like, at that point, the, the price of what we thought we would sell a lot for had, had gone, gone up, up yeah. enough that we were like, well, we'll make the same or maybe a little bit less if we don't build. So let's just, and we didn't have Terry on yet either. So there was a lot of like extra things. We do have to hire a builder to do it, which was going to cost more or we'd have to live there ourselves and we didn't want to move again. So, <laughs> I mean, I think that's, that's interesting just because, you know, it's, it's new probably to a lot of people. There's definitely a lot more costs and fees and, and time. Um, so just a typical separate severance, like what's the timeline that somebody should be expecting? Uh, I think if you use a planner and everything's straightforward um, and you six, don't have to go to, months. yeah, if you don't have to do a committee of adjustments or minor variances or anything, then should be like six, six months. months. Um, so the ones we're doing right now in London, I uh, do require a committee of adjustments. So I'm thinking <laughs> probably like eight months, but I think that's a great, I mean, way to think outside the box and so many investors are out there chasing the same things, but, you know, find a piece of land or, or a property that has potentially enough land so that you can sever it and going through the process. I do agree, hire, you know, a planner or somebody that knows how to do it from the start. Like you could make a good chunk of profit by just splitting that piece of land that you bought into two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or even like, you know, like, even if you don't build on it, it's still profitable. But if it, if you decide to build on it, you're essentially getting the land for free. So there's like, or close to free, depending. Yeah. But, like, yeah. Well, it depends on the deal, but yeah, the land, uh, there's a good spread for sure. If you can create a lot, absolutely. As long as you don't buy the house, like 
and they're pricing it with the lot, like the potential for the lot if you buy yeah. the house. Yeah. That's not, which so. I've noticed now you see double lots and it's like double lot. And then it's like worth way more than any house in the neighborhood. And you're like, nah, that one's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. So who are like the end buyers for the, like who bought that lot as an example? Was it somebody that was planning on building? Was it, you know, or somebody that just wants to sit on the land and just let it appreciate over many years? No, it was a, like a couple that bought it and they built a giant home on it, oh, yeah, <laughs> like 4,000 square foot house on it. But, um, it was kind of cool though, to drive by it and be like, Hey, like that's, we developed that. So nice. Nice. Cause I think a lot of people, when they think development, they're thinking building, but that there's development and then there's building and you can do both or you can do one or the other. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. So what are some of the, you know, maybe the, the, I don't know, pros or, you know, the best parts of doing something like this based on your experience that now that you're, you know, doing more uh, development, you're getting into building, like what are some of the, the benefits? Um, I, there's, there's lots. I mean, obviously you have to buy, right. But um, I would say like for us, the, one of the big benefits is we're, we're more interested in this. Um, the creativity factor is like with the building um, it's just something that we really enjoy. Um, and yeah, like if, as far as severances go land value, especially in London, it's, it's huge. So if you can create that lot, you're, you're making, making quite a bit of spread. Um, yeah. And you, it, uh, like, it's just, I, it's more exciting for us. I think, yeah. uh, profitability wise, I think it's, uh, it obviously depends, like I said, on how you buy, but, um, yeah, there's a little more, more profit. It's, uh, you know, some of the flips we were doing were our bottom line would be like a, a $50,000 budget. Um, so moving towards, profit, new, yeah. or yeah, what did I say? Budget. budget? No, yeah. no, no. I wish more, we've I never wish. had a $50,000 budget. Yeah. <laughs> so 50 K would kind of be their cutoff is like, um, profitability on, on a flip, which is great. Um, but so what, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, we can do cooler projects that we enjoy, uh, with a higher profit margin and less volume to kind of meet our, our income goals. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think there's more money to be made. And I also think that there could be more money to be lost by not having the right team in place and, uh, you know, making, making some mistakes. And I think this is why it's, it's not necessarily something, I mean, you could, but it's not necessarily something that you start with, right? Many investors start with, you know, maybe like a single family home or a duplex or, or something a little bit easier. And then they get their feet wet and learn the ropes and then get into something like this. But because, it, it costs a lot more. It's harder to finance. And we'll talk about financing in a second. Yeah. Um, it's harder to finance uh, and mistakes can be made very, very quickly. And all of a sudden your profit's gone. Um, yeah, yeah. I would also add one thing to that too, is just um, like, we're, we're pretty big uh, advocates for coaching. Um, so we've had kind of coaches in every aspect of, of our growth, like for, for certain, um, uh, for like the certain things. So like we have, now we have a, a development coach for help us with that. And we had a coach to help us flip. We have a business coach. So I, I would say that's been huge for us and kind of avoids not avoid. Yeah. Well, uh, if you do you, like costly mistakes, mistakes, you, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Mitigate, mitigate the, the risk. Um, cause you can run everything by them. So learn, I will learn say from that. their mistakes. If we look back on our first project, if knowing what we know now, we never would have touched that because that was like way too risky. We got lucky, but it was way too risky. Yeah. So for sure. we would never, we yeah. would never do that. You learn as you go, right? Every, every, yeah. every project's a learning experience. Um, so, yeah. 
So, I mean, obviously land and, and developments and, you know, these outside the box deals are harder to finance. How are you guys getting financing? Uh, so we've been pretty, pretty fortunate. Um, we have a good relationship with a mortgage broker, um, but we've also been able to, to raise money on our own, um, which, which is super beneficial. Um, and then for uh, the new construction homes, we're not, we're not looking to do uh, like any, anything with customer service. We're building basically spec. spec houses, yeah. uh, so without a, a pre-sold home, um, the kind of credit unions and stuff like that don't really want to touch that. So those are all private too. So it's just all relationship based. Um, we, we really buy everything private because we'll buy like the crappiest things that you can buy. And then like a, a, an A lender won't touch them. So we'll buy private and we always work that into our numbers. That's just how it is. You know, we have, you're gonna have to spend a little bit more, but like the numbers have to work regardless, but yeah, it's expensive money, but it, uh, it's all worked in. Right. And, and at the end of the day, it's still profitable. So yeah, we're all private. Um, been great with the, the brokers, the two mortgage brokers that we're using and then, um, just, uh, raising money on our own too. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta do outside the box financing and it sounds like you've got a mortgage broker that has access to lots of funds as well privately, which is good. And so anybody that's listening to this, if your mortgage broker doesn't have access to private money, get another mortgage broker because the ones yeah. that are working with, with investors um, should be able to, uh, to help, you know, provided obviously the deal makes sense and they, and they run the numbers on their end as well. Um, and so now that you're, you know, building costs have gone up, costs have slightly come down maybe of, of wood as an example. Yeah, wood, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, who are some of the team members that you need uh, to start building versus like a typical flip that you would have had in the past or, or is it the same as before for you? Uh, it's pretty, pretty similar. Um, so just kind of give an idea of our business. We have, we have one full-time um, admin staff um, and then we have three contractors that we use uh, that we've used for our flips. And then going into the new construction, we're actually hiring like a full-time uh, project, project manager. manager. So they'll be in charge of uh, doing I'd all say that stuff. One, one big thing is like we hire, like we're hiring everything out. So we're getting like quality um, designer, which we actually got from your podcast when you had oh, cool. Ruben on talking about doing like modern um, oh, builds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we like looked into Ruben. Then we saw that he used Joel from Simple Design and we like fell in love. Yeah, he actually Joel's designed our, our own, he designed our own house. Yeah. We haven't built it yet, but he's doing our, our three builds in Stratford too. So he's designed those for us. And like just having like it's it's like just they're different. They're different builds. It's not your standard thing that you would see in a subdivision, which is exciting for us. And um, and then we are using his design team for the interior as well. So very cool. It takes the, takes the pressure off of me. For sure. But yeah. I like doing that stuff, but I'm not like, I have zero training in it and I'm not skilled and I, it takes me way too much time to like piece something together. And, and we've kind of standardized our flips now too, where we, we generally use the same materials over and over and over again. They're tried, they're true. They work, they appeal to, you know, most people. And, but with these builds, we kind of want to do something a little bit different. So so are they yeah. going to be a little bit more modern? Because I, I know obviously yeah. his stuff is like super modern. I love it. Like it's, to it's totally up my alley. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, all modern. With his, awesome. yeah, yeah. His, his designer, it's going to be very similar. So these you're planning on flipping as well? Yeah, they're all going to be uh, sold. sold. Yeah, so that we'll so. complete them first, like complete them, stage them and put them on the market. So I mean, we'll maybe sell them ahead of time, but there will be like 
you won't be able to come in and It'll be like, be oh, I want these cabinets. I want this floor. I want this. It's like, no, it's all this professionally is, designed. This is yeah. It. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of our business plan now to, to kind of do the, do the spec builds, um, bring in, um, like awesome design. And I think the, like with the finishes and the design, it just creates a, a great product. Hmm. But to answer your question, I think we kind of alluded around it. Um, the only thing we bring in extra for the, for our new construction, uh, is a project manager. And then we use like reputable, reputable trades um, for everything. So, yeah, like we'll spend a little bit more on high quality trades because we well, want to put out the best flipping. Product. If you're flipping and you're flipping something that's a little bit, you know, and your end user is not an investor and it's a homeowner that has a little bit more money, then it makes sense. Right. I think I see a lot of people sometimes over renovating for, you know, typical standard rentals and they're blowing yeah. the budget, but it's, it's a totally different ballgame when you're, um, when you're doing something to sell and then depending on who your client base is and, and you know, where that property is, if it's in an area where pretty much everybody's homeowners and, you know, it's a nicer neighborhood, then it makes sense to spend a little bit more money on, on those finishes. Yeah, um, for sure. And there's, you know, less modern type of houses. I mean, you know, if you're out in London and, and where these are specifically, but there's not that many of them out there. They're either cookie cutter from, you know, typical big builder or they're, much older houses. <laughs> and sure. we're, yeah. we're starting, they're starting to be more modern houses in London. There's one builder who builds some pretty cool ones and Joel actually designed like a whole bunch of his too. So, which, which is really exciting for us to see. So, cause we're building like our own house. We're actually tearing our current house down and building um, a new one, but Joel designed and it probably won't be, it'll probably be a, a few years down the road because we have enough on the go that we don't, I don't have time to focus on our own house. So um, but it'll be kind of like the first of its kind in our neighborhood, at least. So, so that, that kind of goes to my next question though, right? Cause if it's the first, you're creating something that's a first and there's no precedence. And so how do you figure out what your sale price might even be? Or are you just kind of gauging based on other comps or yeah. Yeah, we'll still base it on what's based sold on, in the area. On comps, right. So the way, the way we do it is, um, say your comps like 1.3, we're not going to overprice ours. Our comp is 1.3, but I think with, with our design and stuff, we'll get, we'll get more, right? So we're trying to have the best product in that price range, and then we shouldn't have any issue uh, selling it. Very cool. So is that really like the route that you guys both, um, Jake and, and you, Paula, as well, both think that you're going to be doing moving forward is, is the builds and the, you know, the spec builds? Is that your, your you know, maybe next, next few years, or is there something else that, that's... No, I think, I think that's it. That, that's kind of where business is transitioning now and kind of into 2022. Uh, we'll be focusing on um, new construction, uh, mostly spec. We'll see what, ha we'll see what happens. Yeah. I don't know if we want to get into like any customer service stuff. That's the problem. Um, there's it's a lot the, of more opportunity. The customer there. service stuff is what I'm not really, I yeah. don't enjoy that aspect. I, I know I wouldn't enjoy that aspect. Like I'm a, a people pleaser and I feel like I would, I don't know. It would take me too much time unless, I mean, even if we hired someone to do it, I feel like, it's just not what I want to get into. So I think build, build for spec. And then um, we'll still, we'll still accumulate stuff in our portfolio and, and we do that with the burst strategy. So. But yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're going. Um, and like I said, just a small scale development too. I'd like to, to build some smaller uh, multifamily homes too, or multifamily uh, buildings as well. So. Yeah. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. 
Hey guys, just want to take a quick moment and introduce you to a key member of my power team. Dylan Suter is my realtor who's been working very hard to find me amazing deals. And Dylan, I'm a big proponent in working with realtors that are investors. And Dylan is truly an investor. Welcome, Dylan. And thank you so much for being a sponsor. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I want to first thank you for having us as a sponsor. We're really grateful to be working with you and all of the support you've given us over the past couple of years. So thank you so much for that. And our focus as Elevation Realty is to focus our attention primarily on real estate investors that are looking to replace their active income with a passive income and go enjoy what they like most, such as time with the family or up at the cottage, whatever it may be. So what we do is we focus our attention on creating a plan specific for each client, whether that is something they want to have five properties in five years and be able to sit on them for 10 years and then sell them and retire on the, the equity. Or if they're looking to scale their portfolio and retire in the next 12 months, we can look at doing that as well through joint ventures or Airbnb short-term rentals. We can talk through buildings, buy, renovate, refinance, single family purchases, and the list goes on. That's awesome. Now, Dylan, if people wanted to reach out and get help from you, where can they go? They can check us out online at www.elevationrealty.ca, E-L-E-V-A-T-I-O-N, realty.ca, or they can email us at info at elevationrealty.ca, Give us a call or text at 905-592-4220 or check us out at The Right Club or other meetup groups that we're usually at as well. Amazing. Thank you so much, Dylan. It is awesome working with you as always. And now back to the show. And now back to the show. Oh, very cool. So, so you've got some burrs, you've got some tenants, you've got the flips. The flips allowed you to leave your, your full-time job. Now you're really expanding into something new. How has, you know, your family life changed or your, like your lifestyles changed since you were able to leave your jobs? Like we both worked uh, shift work. So adjusting out of that has been great. Um, being able to sleep at home uh, every night has been huge. More time with our family, um, you know, f- freedom too. We can, can, well, not right now, but travel and stuff <laughs> like that. Right. So, um, and, and yeah, we did, we did, uh, you know, create a larger income for ourselves too, which is obviously beneficial for, for a number of reasons. Um, so it's been all positive. Um, and we're, we're doing things that we, that we love too, which is the bonus. Yeah. We still work a lot. Like we're, we're working on being able to, to step back. Um, cause we still work basically full-time hours, but it's just doing something. It doesn't feel like work, but we love it. And yeah, it's and that, different. Yeah. For sure. And we're, we're putting in the systems and processes now so we can work a little bit less and, and maybe from, from a distance as well. Um, that kind of goes along with, with the hiring of the uh, project manager as well. So, Absolutely. And a project manager, obviously, it sounds like you've got a few deals on the go or a few projects on the go for them to, to stay busy. Like how many, how many projects do you work on at, at once? Uh, we have, we have, we have 10, 10 under 10 right now. Right now. Um, and then, then moving forward, uh, like for 2022, we have the, the, the three new, new construction homes, what we want to do a uh, minimum of six. Um, so yeah, I would say like probably 10 a year, I would say going forward, we have 10 right now, but it's kind of a busy time right now, but I would say going forward with new construction, um, yeah, like anywhere between six and 10. Cause those take longer too, right? Like it's like, they're not going to be quick builds. They're pretty, some of the things are, you know, a little more complicated and will take a bit more time, but yeah, I think that's, and we also, we've tried to really focus on doing less with more profit as opposed to, you know, 
getting caught up in the numbers, like, you know, like, oh, we need to do, you know, 20 projects this year. Well, we could do, we could make the same profit by doing 10. So let's do 10. And that's kind of where the the focus is changing. Like we have the projects under uh, construction now, but like going forward, we don't necessarily want to have 10 on the go at once. Uh, I'd like to have less, more profitable ones on the go. I mean, that's, that's the, you know, the whole thing that I've been doing in the last couple of years. I'm like, which specific projects can I do that's going to be a better ROI and allow me to have more time off because real estate to be able to like take a step back and enjoy your lives. And sometimes just like going and acquiring is like you said, like, you know, and I've had many conversations with, with my mortgage broker on this. She sees profile uh, people's, you know, um, portfolios and whatnot. And like, you know, and I don't, obviously we don't talk about names, but many people with very large portfolios are cash flowing and doing not as well as somebody that might have, you know, half of that. So sure. yeah, exactly. hundred percent numbers sometimes are, are deceiving. And then the other thing is if you've got a bunch of JVs on, on for every single thing, well, now you're splitting everything. And so I guess yeah. that goes to my next question is do you guys have JVs or do you strictly uh, do your own deals with private money? Uh, own deals with private money. And yeah. can I, can I ask why you chose that route? Uh, control. Just, uh, just want to be, I, we've, we've done JVs in the past and that, that was fine. Um, but it's just, it's simpler, I think, uh, for us. It's like, it. it's like the customer service thing. I feel to <laughs> me, it just eliminates that one extra layer of stress for me anyway. Cause I always feel like, like, Oh, you know, like I didn't tell them this or I didn't do that. And then like that like weighs on me. So it's just easier yeah, not I agree. It. I don't know. It's, there's nothing wrong with, with JVs. I just like, I don't know. I don't know if it's Paul and I's personality, but, uh, I'd rather like, yeah, I'd rather just answer to my, my ourselves <laughs> than someone else. Right. Like, I don't know. It's just, I know, it's just one extra element of stress, you know, like if something's not going well, then it's, that's, you got to tell them and that's stressful where it's just us, I we think can it, sort it out yeah. and, and we know not to worry. And we know like, but it's just different. I have learned too, is like, you want to, you want to be compatible with your partner for sure, which I think would eliminate all of the concerns that or majority of the concerns that we have. It's just, uh, maybe our first JV didn't go that well. It yeah. went well. It was fine. It was just a little bit, we weren't compatible personality wise. And so it was very tiring for me. And yeah, like the whole project would have been way less stressful. It was just like, if we just did it ourselves. Did ourselves, like just answer to ourselves, right. Like, yeah. and, and have control over, um, decision-making and stuff like that. That's just our opinion. But yeah. I definitely want to pick someone that you're compatible with. I think, um, yeah hugely important, which goes like, makes sense, but sometimes you just don't do that. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what, so I've built my portfolio. I mean, with, with Matt, my spouse, um, he's not as involved, but he's, you know, super, uh, you know, just like a cheerleader, <laughs> super like supportive. Um, but you know, I think the control piece is awesome. Like the fact that you don't have to have an exit strategy in five to seven years. And then since I left my full-time job then I started dabbling into like, okay, who, and it's based on compatibility. I don't find a house and then, you know, send off to a list of, I don't know how many people here's a property who wants to come in. I'd rather be like, okay, this is going to be my next JV partner. And so I have to get a cottage with um, two awesome people. I'm I'm looking at something in Hamilton now uh, for, for some, you know, somebody else. And I think it's cool because then you're, you're, you know, you're, you're doing well together and it's not, you know, for me, I don't want to create a whole other full-time job anyways, but to, you know, you can be picky. Uh, joint ventures are like a, a marriage or, <laughs> you know, very, very long friendship. you're stuck there for a yeah. while. So. And they, they, no, they're de- they definitely have their place for sure. Right. Like they definitely open a lot of doors, uh, like even just financing wise and yeah, 
and raising money. Like we've had, we've done a couple of projects where probably wouldn't have worked if we, if we had to use like private entirely money. private money, but we were able to get like a, a VTB, which, which yeah. helped. So I, I definitely see there's a place for them. Absolutely. But just kind of in our journey now with our small amount of like holdings and smaller buildings, um, it's kind of doing it on our own control yeah. freaks. Yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> no, I, I, I do think that. like down I mean, the like, road, if we ever like get to the point where we want to acquire like a large multifamily, we will 100%. have, they won't necessarily be like joint venture partners, but we would have like, like an, a GP equity partners. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's an opportunity for people to, to be more passive and come in, you know, for the, for the ride. But I, I don't think there's a right way or a wrong way. I mean, there's not, there isn't. No, for like sure. there's people that are, that are still, and I'm not saying just because they have JVs that they're not successful or as successful as someone that doesn't, but you're splitting things. Right. And so, um, you know, if your cash flow was X, it's X divided by two. And, you know, you probably have a five year debt, you know, seven year exit, but yeah, yeah. no, there's definitely a place for it. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's just we haven't like, really like for us it really is comes down to just the like the the element for me anyway I shouldn't speak for you but the element of stress of having someone else and mm-hmm. like of splitting money and that kind of stuff doesn't bother me like I would that, that's not like that is not a concern for me because then you, I would just get more right if I needed to make a certain amount yeah. um but yeah it's just that just having that one extra person to answer to and like hoping that, you know, they're happy with what's happening. Cause that's just my personality. So. And that you drive well and the communication, you know, for, for them of what they expect from you and vice versa. So yeah. Yeah. That's one thing that we do. Setting expectations would be huge. I think it is huge. Yeah. Like if you don't do that from the start, then you're, you're, you're always going to run into problems and just having everything laid out. And then I don't see, I think you could eliminate a lot of problems. You could for sure. sure. Yeah. And like the more confident we get in our business and our model and all that stuff, we're able to say like, no, um, like we can say no. Like we've had people, we've had people who've wanted to like invest with us. And um, I just know that we're not compatible. I can, I can tell by, you know, like the level of questions they're asking that they don't have, they don't trust us. And uh, and that's something that's really important to us. Like we have to trust you, you have to trust us. And if that's not there, like we're not going forward. So it, it is kind of nice to be in a position where we can say like, as much as I'd love to do this deal, uh, I'm not going to do it. I can't do it with you. Like, I just know that it's not going to work. And, and we can do, we can say that now more because we have experience and we know who we can and can't work with. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. That, that's well said. So you're both doing this together and did you always do this together or did, you know, one person convince the other one that real estate was the way to go? And then my second question to that, cause it's a, a two, you know, a two part question is how do you split your tasks to, you know, or like, or do you complement each other and certain things that you do par- as part of the business? Uh, we've always, always done this together. I yeah. think uh, Paula probably had the bug before me. Um, and she kind of just uh, passed it on to me. We're definitely in this together, uh, team. I would say, uh, as far as tasks go, I think we're we're pretty clear on on what each other's tasks do, and, and some things do overlap. Um, like we find ourselves now, basically, um, our roles are just like raising money, um, and finding other projects, and then just kind of like delegating tasks. So we just kind of tackle that stuff together. Yeah. Paula is also a realtor too, so she has time commitments with that as well. So. I don't know if that answered your question, but yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And we work really well together. Like, I don't know. We just, we, we always have, we actually were partners on, this the, is on the ambulance together. Like while Paul we were married, because everyone's always amazed that we were able to do that. Even the people we worked with, they were like, how are you guys 
like how are you guys working together but i i liked it so it was good paula likes to tell everyone that story yeah right? like did you guys meet because you were partners on the ambulance no. no we've known each other since uh high school okay yeah yeah that's what you were saying in the beginning yeah, okay. i think and then they i think she fell in love with me at first sight <laughs> yeah it was it was love at sight love at 14. first sight yeah so <laughs> uh, and you mentioned kids how old are the kids so I have two from a previous relationship when I fell out of love with Jake for, you know, a brief period of yeah. time. There. <laughs> it was kind of like a bad JV. She just like, that with this, yeah, whatever. <laughs> anyway, I have a 14 and a 12 year old and then Jake and I have a four and two year old. Amazing. That is awesome. Are any of them interested in what you're doing? The real estate piece yet? No, my older uh, two are interested in like their phones. And, yeah. I hope uh, the little, I hope the little kids, uh, um, grab a hold and take interest i hope they do oh uh, yeah it's hard do. to say now yeah. they do like coming with us to do stuff but yeah so we'll see good cool awesome <laughs> so the next part of the podcast is the lightning round so i'm going to ask you five questions you guys can each take a turn to answer the first answer that comes to mind ready okay. rapid ready? fire yeah it's yeah uh, I'm, pumped. I'm actually i don't know if i'm pumped i'm nervous so <laughs> are we pick who goes first first i can't remember the question uh, I'll, okay. I'll pick i'll pick that'll just make it okay, more okay. you know off the yeah. top this week's lightning round is brought to you by Complete Properties. If you need a great property manager to help you in the Niagara, Hamilton, and Burlington markets, reach out to Margaret Cameron at 905-920-7886. She can also be reached at margaret at completepminc.com via email or the website completepropertiesinc.com. Okay, question number one, what is your favorite uh, real estate investing podcast? Let's go with Paula first. Um, my favorite, I think it's Andrew Hines, only because that's what I've, I've barely listened to podcasts anymore. Jake, Jake would listen on his drives. Yeah, I've been out of the podcast game because I haven't been listen on his work, drives so. to and from work. And then he'd be like, oh, I got to tell you about this like favorite or this podcast. And then I'd never get to listen to it. So awesome. Jake, what about you? Podcast. Uh, I, I really like Andrews. I liked uh, Stefan Arnios. Um, and of course, I like yours. Well, yeah, that, that goes without saying. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but I, they're I, already listening to this one. We're trying to expand yeah, yeah. the podcast. You know what? There is some, I will say, I don't want to drag this out too much, but there is some, uh, there's one called, uh, I think it's called like Property Developers. It's from Australia. I like that. We'll add that in there. Awesome. All right, question number two. This doesn't have to be real estate related per se, but do you have a favorite book? Like from, you know, I don't know. It could be. Yeah, you're going to have to, like real estate wise, it's going to have to be Rich Dad, Poor Dad, for sure. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. I, well, just fresh in my head because I just finished it, but I really like Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Oh, Who Not How? Oh, oh yeah, that was a good one, actually. Yeah. Cool. Um, what was a. I've read a ton of books. I did the 75 hard challenge. Oh my God, did you? And I would walk twice a day. And I would listen to audiobooks and then I would read 10 pages a day. And so I went through like a ton of books, but all personal development. What was the hardest part of the hard 75 or 75? Uh, the water. Drinking a gallon of water, like four liters of water a day was the worst. I know this sounds horrible, but mine would be like the no wine for that long. Yeah, 100%. I only made it three days. So <laughs> he was his idea. He wanted it was my to do idea, it. and then it's like three days I didn't want to do it. So, uh, so. funny. All right, question number three. Jake, we'll start with you. What do you do for fun? What do you do what for fun when it's not real estate related? Oh, sorry, I didn't hear. Um, you know what? This is a lame answer. Uh, spend time with the kids. Um, we don't really do a whole lot, eh? This is a lame answer. <laughs> I like my kids. We spend a lot of time in the office, so just uh, 
hanging out with the kids. And then, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty boring life. Mm-hmm. Paula? Oh, you have a different answer? I walk. That's super boring. We golf. Oh, yeah. We took up golf. There it is. I like golfing. Okay. We're all good. We're terrible. So. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to yeah, take lessons. But I like golf. There we go. All right. Golf it is. Next question, number four. If you lost all of your assets and your money tomorrow, how would you start again? I feel like um, it's kind of like uh, I would just do the exact same thing. Yeah, same. Yeah, I, you can't unlearn what you've learned. So uh, just, do just like start thing. over yeah. and do the same things. Yeah. We probably would even get, get more income faster, I think. Yeah, I think so, for sure. All right, cool. And last question. If somebody has $50,000, they want to get started, how would you recommend they spend that money? Uh, who wants to start? Paula? I would... I would invest in a coach. Okay. Cool. That's a good answer. Thanks. That's a great answer. Cause I was, I was thinking that was supposed to be lightning round, but uh, just going off here. Uh, I was going to say the slowest lightning. Yeah. Ever I was going to say like, yeah, this is terrible. I, I was going to go with Paula, get a coach hundred percent. Okay. I was going to say private lend it, but then I'm like, well, you're not really acquiring anything. It's only 50 grand, but anyways, hire a coach. 100%. Whatever, whatever suggestions you want to give them. So oh, you could private coach? lend it and then use your money. No, it's for coach. the, the best answer is coach for sure. If you're trying to get into real estate coach, especially if you're like kind of like new and stuff, I would say that's going to speed things up. It's going to point you in the right direction. And not necess- doesn't necessarily have to be a coach on real estate. I think because the biggest part of real estate is mindset. So if you can get your mind right, right you can do anything. Mm-hmm. You heard it here first. Paul. <laughs> It's uh, well said. Where so that was a lightning round. So thank you, Jake and Paula. Where can my listeners reach out and find out more? So we are pretty active on Instagram, and our handle is at tartan underscore developments, um, or email info at tartandevelopments.com. We're both we both answer it. We're working on a process on <laughs> how to unanswer other other people's emails so they see them. But <laughs> All right. So. Very cool. And Jake, I'm just going to throw another one out there just to it. know, cause, cause why not? What is the one last piece of advice you would give somebody? Uh, for real estate? Yeah. Somebody listening to this podcast right now. Oh man. Paul, help me out here. I would just say like, take action. You can read and listen and coach or do all this stuff you want, but if you don't take That's action, true. it's not going to go anywhere. See? That's why she's, uh, <laughs> she's the best. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Take action guys. Thanks so much, Jake and Paula. It's a pleasure having you on. I've been following your Instagram for so long. Uh, I love what you're doing out there. So keep it up and, uh, and, and thank you for, for all your time today and all of your crazy answers, answers to my crazy <laughs> questions. No, it was awesome. Thanks for having Thanks, us. Sarah. Was, that was fun. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey guys, before you go, I wanted to ask you a question. What's stopping you from starting or growing your own real estate investment portfolio? I know for me, before I started, I had plenty of reasons and at the time they all seemed very valid, but as I started my journey, these reasons slowly fell away and eventually only one reason remained. What was actually stopping me was having a proven, actionable, repeatable system. I didn't have that. And the way that was going to change was by investing in myself, learning, listening, and looking for ways that worked. And also, most importantly, discovering what didn't and not making those mistakes again. Fast forward to today, I now have a proven, repeatable series of action steps that has enabled me to build my seven-figure portfolio consisting of multiple homes. And I'm able to manage that in two to three hours a month. 
Is that something that you would want? Well, I've actually taken all the knowledge I've accumulated and put that into a comprehensive step-by-step -step online program. It's called Rise, and it's a program that will help you from where you are now to where you want to be faster and with less of the headaches that I had. So it consists of all the templates and the resources that I use, plus over 40 instructional videos that you get lifetime access to for just a small one-time investment. And, you know, my recommendation is to make the time now to invest in yourself and grow your portfolio to seven figures so that you can bring your retirement dreams closer. If you want some more information about Rise, just go to sarahlarby.com forward slash R-I-S-E to access more details and book your spot. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larby. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.